All right, so, so Thursday morning, I um, had a thought. This is not about COVID anymore. Like, let's be honest, this is, this is not COVID-related. And I'll explain what I mean by that. Um, back w- before COVID hit, I was going to the gym Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And, and I, was, I was very regular. Like, I had built that routine into my schedule. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 8 o'clock, that's when I go to the gym. That's when I work out. I work everything else around that schedule. So people are like, hey, can we have a morning meeting? It's like, no, I got an appointment. The appointment's the gym. But, like, it's, I, like I just make that my routine. And I'd done that for probably the last five years. And, um, I, and I loved it because it gave me accountability. It gave me coaching. It gave me weight training. Like, I'd, I'd run a lot since college. I've been running. But the weight training, I'd never really mixed in. And so I was mixing in weight training. So I was feeling better physically. I was feeling better emotionally. Like, if I don't get to go work out, if I don't get to go to the gym, I just feel like something's missing the rest of the day. And, of course, COVID hit. And the governor issued his safer at home order, and the gym shut down. And so it was like, that's okay. We can pivot. You know, I can adjust, and, and we'll just go to online. That's what we'll do. And so that's what we did. And they were like, the trainers were sending workout schedules, and they posted on Facebook, and you could go get the workout schedule. Or there was a live stream that you could watch. And so Jenny and I set up this little area in our garage. We went to, to Tractor Supply Company and bought stall mats these rubber mats, and put those down, and got some kettlebells, and we just set up this little area in a garage, and like, we get, you don't need a gym to work out, you can work out at home, you can work out anywhere, and so we started working out at home, and I really liked it, I mean, it was, in some ways, I liked it better than going to the gym, because I didn't have to get up as early, and didn't have to drive in to the gym, I didn't have to take my clothes with me, and get all that stuff, I mean, like, it was, it was really kind of nice to work out at home, but I always said, you know, as soon as it opens back up, I'm going back to the gym. As soon as, they, you know, that was, as soon as it opens up, I, mean, I like home, but as soon as it opens back up, I'm going back to the gym. Well, May came, and the gym reopened. And I thought, well, let's give it a little time. You know, let's, I don't know what's going to happen in the next two or three weeks. Let's just give it a little time. And so I gave it a little time. And plus, I'm liking working out at home. And um, now it's August, and I haven't been back to the gym. And you say, well, that, that's no big deal, right? As long as you work out at home, then you don't really need to go to the gym. Um, yeah, about the, the home workout. <laughs> uh, when, I, when this thing started, I was re- like, we were like fired up. Like we set up the whole little area in the garage and we were fired up and we did really good. And I followed the routine and I kept the program up. And I even kept the same times up, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. But then I was like, you know, you don't, I don't have to do it at 8. I could do it at 9.30 or 10 or I could wait till the afternoon and do it. And it just kind of, over the course of time, the longer this thing went, the less I worked out. It's just I kind of got off the schedule a little bit. I stopped looking. I don't even know if the gym still posts workouts because I stopped looking at their website to see whether or not they were posting any workout. I just kind of, the longer it went on, the more I kind of got out of the habit and got out of the routine. And then it kind of started affecting my eating habits. And I just wasn't eating as healthily. Health as healthy as I normally would, and I just kind of, the whole thing just kind of started falling apart, and Thursday morning, that was this last week, I had eaten a lot on Wednesday night, and so I woke up Thursday morning, I was not feeling good, I was feeling like bloated and sluggish, and I was sitting there drinking my coffee, and that's when the thought hit me, this is not about COVID anymore, like let's be honest, I'm not going, I'm not not going to the gym because I'm scared of COVID, and I'm certainly not 
not working out at home because I'm scared of COVID. That didn't have anything to do with it. And uh, I realized, like, hey, I, gotta, I, I just lost my motivation. That's all it was. I, just kinda, I, I, I was motivated and inspired, and I lost my motivation. And um, I think you can see the parallel or the analogy there. And I don't, I don't want you to, to misunderstand. I'll get to that in, in just a, a minute here. But uh, if, let me connect the dots, and then I'll, then I'll make the parallel. The dots is this. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. If you'd throw these up for me, Hope, uh, on the scriptures, that would help me. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, uh, Paul says, Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather... Train yourselves to be godly, for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise both for the present life and the life to come. Now, what Paul's talking about here is spiritual training. He's talking about train, you've got to train yourselves to be godly. Spirituality, spiritual discipline, spiritual strength is not something that just happens by accident. You have to work at it. And so the way most of us work at it is we join a gym called the church, and the church gives us accountability, and it gives us coaching, and it gives us strength training. We get to kind of train our spiritual muscles together, if you will. And uh, when that, that all shut down, like when, when COVID hit and it all shut down, what did we do? Well, we all pivoted online. And, and we were pretty fired up about it when we first pivoted online because that's what we had to do. Because you don't have to be in a church to practice Christianity you don't have to be in a building in order to worship God. And so we all pivoted online. But the longer it went, the more challenging it became to make that a priority. Now, let me, let me give the disclaimer here real quick. Okay, so if you're watching online right now, this is not about trying to make you feel guilty. All right, we're actually encouraging people to stay online. I don't know how many times we've said, if you're experiencing symptoms, if you're part of a vulnerable population group, uh, if you've tested positive for COVID or somebody in your family's tested positive for COVID or one of your coworkers, like we've given you like five or six different reasons. Like if you're in those categories, please stay online. Please stay home and stay online. And people are going to do that for a long time hereafter. Like that's, that's a new reality and it's going to be a while before people are comfortable coming back to large gatherings. I get that. It totally makes sense. But do you remember how it was when we first went online? Like when it first happened, that first month, we were fired up. And I mean, we were like sharing it on our pages and everybody's built, you know, making these little areas in their living rooms where they can worship. And like, we baked homemade communion bread. Like we got out, Ruth and I, I, I what was it? Ima and Jean's homemade communion bread recipe. And we were baking homemade communion bread. I mean, like you were fired up. If you look at our online numbers the month, the first month of the pandemic, it shot through the roof. We had more people participating in church during the first month of the pandemic than ever before. And our giving like doubled during the first month of the pandemic because people were just fired up and it was a priority and they were motivated. But then the longer this thing went, the harder it was to keep up the routine. And it, life just started happening. And then ball started back, and then vacation started back, and then work started back, and all these things started back, and it just became harder and harder to keep our motivation up and our inspiration. And eventually, we may have to have an honest talk with ourselves. And I know I'm preaching to the choir here because I'm talking to people who are at church on a Sunday morning and people who are watching online on a Sunday morning. So I know I'm, I'm, the people that kind of fell out of the routine aren't even hearing this message. But eventually we may have to admit to ourselves, you know, this is not really about COVID anymore. It's, 
I, I just lost my motivation. I, you know, I, I developed a new habit. I don't know how many days does it take to make a new habit? 30, 45 days, I've heard that stat before, to, to make a new habit. Well, I'd made a real good habit out of going to the gym, and in the last four months, I've made a real good habit out of not going to the gym. And then I'd made a real good habit out of working out at home, and in the last two months, I've made a real good habit out of not working out at home. And we gotta, if we're not careful, that same thing that happens with physical training will happen to our spiritual training. So what I wanted to talk about today, and I'm not going to take a whole lot of time to do it, is I just want to talk about how to remain inspired. This is the last message in the Know What You're For series, and I just want to say, how do we remain inspired when everything is conspiring against us to keep us from being inspired? Because inspiration is, is, doesn't happen by accident. Inspiration is not something that you can just sit back and wait for that to happen to you. I mean, it's, you have to fight for inspiration. You have to be intentional about inspiration because there is an enemy of inspiration, and the enemy is called everyday life. And it will fight against you because we've all, we've all been inspired, right? We've seen, we've watched some YouTube video, some story, and, and gotten inspired. Or we've read something on Facebook and gotten inspired. Or we've heard a sermon and gotten inspired. Or we've heard a story of something and gotten inspired. Or we watched a movie, got inspired. Read a book, got inspired. But it only lasts for a little while. You know, and, and so to, to keep that, that energy and that motivation, we have to be very intentional. Like, you have to work. This sounds counterintuitive, but you have to work at inspiration to stay inspired, to stay motivated. Chris McChesney, in his book, The Four Disciplines of Ex- Execution, calls that the whirlwind. I've got a graphic here. It's not, it's not the, the best because uh, it's a little pixelated. But he, he talks about the difference between the whirlwind versus the wig. Okay, and the whirlwind is everyday life. It's the thing that spins around you every day. Like it's, it's getting up in the morning, it's going to work, it's getting the kids ready for school, it's getting them to ball practices, it's, you know, working on their ACT prep, or I mean, this is my whirlwind right now. Okay, so it's, um, it's you know, doing the laundry or mowing the yard or doing the dishes. It's just that everyday kind of, all the things that you got to do in the course of a normal day, all those routines and all those tasks, that's everyday life. That's the whirlwind. And it's versus the WIG, and WIG stands for Wildly Important Goal. So the wildly important goal is what is most important in your life. If I was to ask any of you, like, hey, what's the most important thing in your life? None of you would say, well, doing laundry. But you do it every week. You know, what's the most important thing in your life? Mowing the yard. That's not the most important thing in your life, but you do it every week, right? But that, that's the whirlwind. So the whirlwind keeps going, but the way you remain inspired is you have to somehow break out of the whirlwind and keep your eyes focused on the wildly important goal. This is the principle of know what you for. So the last few weeks we've talked about, you know, know what you for, you're for is what do you want to be known for? And that's just another way of asking what's most important to you. What's the most important thing in your life? Like, if, if you just had to boil it down to the one or two things, this is the most important thing in my life. This is the most important thing to, that I want my kids to know. This is, like, when I'm dead and gone, this is what I want people to remember about me. This is the highest priority. And McChesney talks about how you've got to, the whirlwind keeps spinning. Even when you've got a wildly important goal, that doesn't stop the whirlwind. It always goes. But you've got to be able to stop. And to break out of that whirlwind and look at that wildly important goal because that's how you remain inspired. And I'll give you an example of it. I'm going to give you two examples of it. One from the business world and one from the Bible. 
And so the business world is this guy right here. You guys, you guys know that guy, right? You may not know that guy, but you love his chicken sandwiches. Okay, Truett Cathy is the founder of Chick-fil-A. And I read his book back, I don't know, several years ago. Um, a good Christian man that uh, he had a life verse. When he started Chick-fil-A, he had a life verse. It was Proverbs 22.1, which says, um, let me, I'm going to read it where I get it right here. A good name, I, well, let's see. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. That was his life verse. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. And so Truett Cathy made some decisions along the way that were in parallel with his life verse that did not make financial sense. You are very familiar with one of those decisions, right? Because you know that when you leave this building, or if you're at home right now and you decide to get out after, after this, you know, for lunch, you can't go to Chick-fil-A. Well, you can, but nobody's going to be there. <laughs> because they close on Sunday. And that's, that's a decision that makes absolutely no financial sense whatsoever. I mean, you can run the numbers of it. Just think of the number of Chick-fil-A restaurants there are in our country. Think of the amount of business that they do per day and then take 52 days out of that equation. I mean, it's, it's just incredible if you think about the amount of money Chick-fil-A leaves on the table every Sunday. And for some reason, the only time I want to go to Chick-fil-A is Sunday. Like, I can't tell you the number of times I've, we've talked after church, like, where y'all want to go eat? Let's go Chick-fil-A. And sometimes I've even driven over there and for, totally forgotten about that it's closed on Sunday. But um, it didn't make any financial sense for, for Truett Cathy to make that decision. And he made it early on in the business. And he says, he admits, when he made it early on, he said, it was really about exhaustion rather than principle. I mean, I hate to disappoint you. But he said, I was just exhausted. I was working the restaurant himself. I was working six days a week, and I just, I needed a break. I needed a day of rest. It was just exhausting. But as the thing scaled, and they started in shopping malls. You know what the big shopping day is, right, for shopping malls. It's not Monday. It's Sunday is a big day for shopping malls. And so as they're expanding in these shopping malls and they're signing all these new contracts, the shopping mall owners are looking at him like, you're closed on what? What? Sun? Wait, what? Sunday? Well, that you're not going to keep doing that. And as the business scale, they're like, there's no way he's going to keep doing that. Nobody makes a decision like that on principle alone. He'll eventually go ahead and start opening on Sunday. And he never did. And, and Kathy later said, for him, it was simple. In the Old Testament, you know, you got the Ten Commandments, and one of the Ten Commandments is to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. And that commandment's not committed, uh, repeated in the New Testament, but the word Sabbath, by the time of the New Testament, came to mean a day of religious observance and rest. And so Truett said, I just wanted to make that a day of religious observance and rest, both for me and for my employees. And so he did, decided to, to stay open. And the reason, he, so the reason he did it is because of his life verse. Because he said a good name is to be chosen over great riches. If he wanted to be known for his good name, not his net worth. He wanted to be known for his good name, not his revenue. Now, strangely enough, his net worth increased greatly when he made the name more important than the net worth. I'm not trying to be a prosperity preacher here. I'm just saying God blessed his business, and God blessed his family, and God blessed the charities that he was a part of. And when you know what you're for, it drives decision-making, and it drives inspiration, and it drives goals. And so I want to come back to that question, then I'll show you the biblical example here. The question is just simply for you. What are you for? 
what is the most important thing in your life? Like if you had to break it down, like if I, this is the most important thing in my life, or if, if you're a parent, what is the thing you want your kids to know? when they become adults like I want my kids to understand this like if, if they know nothing else about our family when they hit 18 19 years old I want them to know you know what for my dad this was a priority okay, he he talked that all the time or for my mom this was this was priority number one or what, if you got grandkids what do you want your grandkids to know like what is the legacy that you want to leave what is it you want to be known for and that's just another way of asking what is the wildly important goal in your life the number one thing that you put above all other things when you know the answer to that question, you find the inspiration to practice the habits that'll make it happen. I think, repeat that real quick, okay? When you know the answer to that question, when you know what you're for, you know what the number one thing in your life is, then you will find the inspiration to practice the habits that will make it happen. Paul put it much more eloquently than I ever could in the letter to Philippians. And hope I'll let you uh, advance the slides for me here as well. Uh, if you've got a Bible, take a look at Philippians chapter 3. Starting in verse 4. Paul writes this. Though I myself have reasons for such confidence. And so he's talking about, you know, he said you should put no confidence in the flesh. But then he comes back and says, but I've, I've got reasons to put confidence in the flesh. He says, if someone else thinks they have reasons, I've got more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. Paul just gives a little resume right there. And if you look early in Paul's life, when he was Saul, this is what he wanted to be known for. He wanted to be known for his resume. He wanted to be known for his education. He wanted to be known for his religion. He wanted to be known for his patriotism. He wanted to be known for his party affiliation. He wanted to be known for his, his passion and his zeal. He wanted to be known for how much he cared about God, his obedience, his, his righteousness. I mean, this is like Paul says, this is what I want to be known for. If you'd ask Saul back early in the book of Acts, like, hey, Saul, what do you want to be known for? I want to be known as, as being a Pharisee in regards to the law, or I want to be known as persecuting. I'm so zealous for the church, uh, for God, I'm persecuting the church. I want, I'm so zealous for righteousness. I'm faultless in my obedience to the law. This is what he wants to be known for. This is identity, his wildly important goal. But on a Damascus road, all that changed. And Paul got out of this whirlwind that he was in, and he focused on something bigger. He says in verse 7, Whatever were gains to me now, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. You see Paul kind of narrowing in on his, his wildly important goal. And I've highlighted it there if, if you don't see it. About, it's about Christ and faith in Christ. And this is what he says in verse um, 9. Nope, 8. He says this. I consider them garbage. All that other stuff that I used to think was so important, 
<laughs> my my career success, my you know where I went to church and and how I, my education and what initials I had after my name and my network, all the other stuff that I used to think was so important and I was chasing, I consider it garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is in faith through Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. And here's his wildly important goal, verse 10. I want to know Christ. Like for Paul, it, it just all becomes about that. I just want to know Christ. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings to become like him in his death. And so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. And when you know what your wildly important goal is, it gives you the inspiration to put into practice the habits that make it happen. And here's where he explains that in verse 12. 12. Not that I've already obtained it. He says, I want to know Christ. That's my goal. That's most important to me. That's the thing I want to be remembered for more than anything else. I want to know Christ. I haven't obtained it. But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father, the words of that letter that Paul wrote to the Philippian church are so powerful. And, and his focus, is so, his discipline is so powerful. That one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. And, and Father, I pray that you help us to do that as, as your people. The, the whirlwind uh, gets us distracted. It, it is the enemy of our inspiration. It makes it hard for us to stay faithful and committed. We, we want to keep the, the spiritual workouts up. We want to keep focused on you, but there's so many things that distract us. God, help us to keep our focus on, on what truly matters, to forget what is behind us, to forget all the past mistakes and missteps and the times it didn't work out like we wanted it to and those things, but to just forget all of that and to strain towards what is ahead, to press on, which talks about perseverance and, and discipline, but to press on to take hold of the things that you have set for us, to win the prize that you have called us to. And, and Father, that's my prayer for us, not only just as a, as a group of individuals, but that's my prayer for us as a church. My prayer is that our purpose, what we want to be known for is knowing Christ, knowing your son. That's what we want to be known for. That's more important to us than what kind of children's ministry we got or you know, what our students do with the student ministry or what the worship's like on Sunday morning. Or I mean, what's more important than any of that, our building or social media or any of those things, things is that that we're known for knowing you and we're known for knowing christ and pursuing that and pursuing the habits that make that happen in our midst i pray all this in the name of your son jesus amen all right um let me tell you just a little bit about next week 